environment. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Air Environment, where she is the certified environmentalist, and I am a certified pastoral mentalist. <laughs> oh, thanks for laughing at that, I appreciate it. <laughs> I did like it. <laughs> and I texted you at what was like midnight my time, so it must have been like... Five in the morning, your time. Yeah. I hope you keep your phone on silent. I apologize. Uh, most nights. Either way, it was inappropriate of normal time, my time, or normal time, your time. To yeah, be well, both of those times were bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I was thinking we should talk about resurrection. Uh, normally, you know people think of that in a certain light but for me it actually means a lot about the environment or the air environment if you will as it were yeah so uh i texted you and said you want to kind of like chat about this because what that actually is is a lot bigger than most people know and you said yes um but then you tweeted that i had to do all the talking or or lead so i hope you'll hijack me <laughs> Just as I hijack you all the time. Absolutely. I'm always here. <laughs> Likewise, it's Easter Resurrection Week this week. So to some extent, um, it's a good time to talk about resurrection because yep. that's what that's all about. So I thought it'd be helpful. You, you're helping me kind of craft what I need to say on Sunday as well, based on what a lot of people know about resurrection and whatnot. Ooh. So resurrection for you, what Easter is all about for you Tell me that first, because a lot of times the modern church has heard a kind of truncated spin on this. So what does Easter and resurrection and all that mean for you? Uh, so actually, I probably you and I have a lot of the same opinions about how the modern church approaches uh, resurrection. Um, but for me personally, it is supposed to be like a time of celebration. So the resurrection is this amazing act of love and sacrifice for all of us so that way we can um live in god and like attempt to not attempt like christ died so that way when we sin and we ask god to forgive those sins we can live sinless as it were like not that after i'm saved my actions are no longer sin but they aren't they have a forgiveness behind them um, yeah. It's not really yeah, it's yeah, it's more of a life lifestyle change, I feel like. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, like a lot of that is similar to the way that I was kind of brought up is a lot of the words and languages you just use kind of have a lot of focus on yeah. like the Lent, the sacrificial time, as well as Good Friday, the dying mm -hmm. on the cross. And a lot of that I think kind of comes from we had this huge kind of evangelistic movement in the church where every service was an attempt to get people saved by the time that they walked out. 
Yep. And so for me, Easter became about Jesus dying on a cross and the fact that he rose from the dead and went into heaven. Like that was all kind of secondary. Yeah. Whereas that's what Easter is about. Good Friday is about the cross, you know? Yeah. Easter is about like, we should, honestly, I want to, I want to party like on Easter Sunday. All I want to do is have a big giant party and have everyone I know over obviously not right now and then we just hang out and we party because we're all so happy because like our savior's alive and we're alive Hmm. and that that's like the huge deal for the early church is that spoke volumes to them not only about who Jesus was but about who they were and so Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I wanted to hone in because this is where things get truncated get cut off is it's like, even if we can wrap our mind around the fact that Jesus is still alive today and up in heaven, uh, like, what that means to us is like, so now we get to go to heaven too. But there's there's various stages and levels of, like, afterlife biblical understanding, if you will, and resurrection is, like, the fullest version of it all. So, like... In the Old Testament, mm-hmm. it sounds weird to people because it's so normal to us, but in the Old Testament, you had heaven and, uh, well, sorry, and today we have heaven and hell. In the Old Testament, you had Sheol, which was, right. maybe you've heard it in a song or you've seen it show up throughout the Bible. And if you ask people what it is, usually they say hell or something, you know, but Sheol in the Old Testament was the only afterlife that they really thought about for the most part was when you died everyone went to the same place didn't matter if you were good person bad person following god or not like there was just one afterlife where probably like it could be unpleasant because there are plenty of like spiritual beings that were rebellious against god there but also maybe not like it's not like this idea of like, you know, whipping or like Simpsons always blowing up right. hell out of proportion. You know, it's, it's nothing like that. It's just an no unpleasant place. donut eating. Got it. Yes. It's just an unpleasant place where everybody goes when they die. Everybody, not just one. Now. It's kind of like how the Greeks have um, Hades and everyone just goes there. Yes. And that's actually the next part because Hades shows up in the New Testament, right? Does he? Hades shows up in Revelation. Uh, when I when I'm using, I'm not referring necessarily to the Greek god Hades, but like Hades as a destination. Right. It shows up, and for a long time, when people reference Hades in the New Testament, if you ask someone, they're just going to say, "Yeah, that's hell." It's not though. Now that Bible scholars are really trying to pay attention to the Bible and the way it was written in Greek culture, mm-hmm. they're like, "No, Hades is Sheol." So, like, the New Testament still had this understanding, to some extent, that there is this destination for the dead that was always Sheol, but in Greek terms, you'd use the word Hades. Like, that. that's where all the dead go. What was new to them, though, with Jesus is he started making it clear that there is such a thing as resurrection. And there's a few verses in the Old Testament, very few, but especially right. Daniel, that says, like, will go on to awaken from the dust and go to be with God. Uh, anyway, isn't, isn't yeah. there the story in the Old Testament where it's in the afterlife and there's like 
a separation. <coughs> Corona coughs. I don't know. <laughs> uh, a separation between uh, this man and someone else he knew and they couldn't touch each other. Is that a story that I'm thinking of? Or Yeah, you're thinking of Abraham that's the one. Uh, and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. But that's a New Testament parable from Jesus. Dang it. Um, and well, so I know with that parable, well, with that parable, a lot of people take that and they try to say like, okay, so here's another example as to how the afterlife looks. Um, but some more recent research has shown that that parable sounds a lot like a lot of, uh, um, ancient folk tales. Uh, so they think like in the same way I might take, you know, like, the story of the boy who cried wolf and put a new light on it. But you would never expect that there was a boy actually out there crying wolf or whatever. That Jesus was taking a folk tale of his own time and putting a new spin on it to turn it into a parable. So I'd suggest that that story isn't necessarily one to look at and say like, this is what the afterlife looks like simply because it, it doesn't match very well with a lot of the other understandings of afterlife in the Bible and it does match well with taking a folktale and putting a new spin on it. Got it. So, but what you do see in the New Testament is like Sheol in the Old Testament is Hades in the New Testament. It's this place where the dead are expected to go. But Jesus begins to shift things, which you see very easily with the thief who dies on the cross next to him. But he accepted Jesus, right? Yeah. And he says, Jesus tells him, uh, I'll see you in paradise. So like, they're... There's this new like assurance to him, like those who have been following God, mm-hmm. more or less, like it's not that you go to Sheol and God pulls you out, but there's this idea of like they always hope for the rescue from Sheol. Yes, there's the affirmation there that uh, when you die, if you've been following Jesus, you go straight to heaven, the spiritual place. and. Mm-hmm. You go to Revelation, you see all the martyrs who have died are all there in heaven with Jesus. Uh, so, like, you you see, like, hey, they bypass Sheol, Hades, that place where, where everybody goes. They're still in the afterlife, but they're in this heavenly kind of version of it. But everyone else is still in Sheol. They're not necessarily in hell. Right. They're in this other place. When you get to the end of Revelation, that's when a lake of fire comes up. And some people are going to go on to resurrection and some people are going to go on to what basically seems to be the end of existence uh, burned up in this lake of fire that, in my opinion, does away with your entire being. That Like a piece me, of paper. Yeah. So, like, you know, you get these phrases of, like, unquenchable fire, which for us is like this idea, like, I'm burning and I just continue to burn. Right. But I th- I think the phrase is more like you've seen a forest fire on TV and it can't be stopped. It's unquenchable. Eventually it is going to stop after it's eaten everything up, but you can't put it out no matter how hard you try, you know, things. So that's more of what I hell is. So, so now we've got different phases of, biblical afterlife i know what does this have to do with the environment (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm hoping we're gonna get there although it is very interesting so so 
when you die, the idea in the Old Testament was you all go to Sheol or Hades. In the New Testament, there's this understanding that if you've been following God, he saves you from Sheol to come to be with him. And then there's this idea at the end with uh, the lake of fire being hell itself that does away with everything that is not uh, following after God and therefore is following after something else, i.e. Satan or a minion of sorts. Right. But then there's a phase after that, and this is what happens to those not in this lake of fire. <laughs> don't touch your face. Corona touches. Sorry. Uh, those who don't go to this lake of fire, they're actually coming to be on the earth again. So the picture that's painted, and this takes us into what people call the rapture, but I think they generally misunderstand it. Uh, there's only like two verses in the Bible that sound like the rapture, and it doesn't line up the way we think of it. The idea is all these Christians throughout the centuries who have died, who are up with Jesus in heaven, are on their way down to the earth to take it back. And if you are... Um, if you are a Christian on the earth, the idea that people turn into the rapture is like we're leaving the earth as Jesus is coming down to join him in this whole group of Christians coming downwards. Right. That's not like we leave earth to go be with God in heaven and the earth doesn't matter. It's all going to hell in a handbasket and all that. It's rather Jesus is coming back to take the entire earth to make it his kingdom bringing all the Christians, and if you're still here, you join him in the skies as he comes down. Right? So, yeah, so it's not like a physical leaving of the earth per se, is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, there's not, I don't see in the Bible this idea that, like, we all vanished. There's only people who didn't follow Jesus left, you know. No, right, Rather, less like, left behind. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of people take to be biblical truth, though, mm -hmm. and and that there's only two verses that can be like taken that way. And I think that's out of context. I think the idea is like Jesus is coming. Whoa, we're supposed to be up there with him, not, not here, you know? So let's go join him in the clouds as he's surfing down. Right. And then come down with him. Uh, and when that happens, that's where you see like this some go on to resurrection life, which is the fullness of life where every person uh, that might be in this spiritual state of sorts in the heavens is now given a new body that lives. It's, it's a physical body, like Jesus' <coughs> was. When Jesus was resurrected, right. he wasn't just a spirit. And he tried to make that clear because, like, disciples are like, he's a ghost. And then he just eats a piece of fish, right? He's like, look, I just ate that. Spirits don't eat fish. Like, that's the, that's <laughs> right. the point. And then he walks through a wall, you know, which is like, okay, <laughs> that that's not something that bodies right now right. do. Like but like the fish like, doesn't yeah. fall out when he walks through it, you know, like it stays with him. So like there's not this, a bit. Yeah. Well, for us, we always think like the things Jesus did after he was resurrected, not many stories, but like he can walk through walls. He can ascend into heaven. He could do these things. Right. Like we think he did that because he was God. Yeah. I would propose that he's showing us a glimpse of what the resurrected body that one day we put on 
has the capacity to do. Like the disciples are looking at this and they're like, this is what we Man, do. At that so point, like, doors are unnecessary is what you're saying. We're just going to build walls and walk through them. Well, I mean, what in the book of Revelation, they build gates and then they never have to close them. So, like, what's the point of gates in the first place? Everything's finally <laughs> safe. So, anyways, we're talking about physicality here already. Resurrection is not a disembodied spiritual state. Right. That's kind of this intermediate phase on the way to resurrection. If we died now, we go to heaven. But later, the point is to come back to the earth. The earth is made new and we live here again. It's like a... A reset button. If we would have gotten it right in Eden the first time, right. we would have probably gone on to this glorified state, but we didn't. So um, Jesus has saved us from all of that sin and eventually we'll hit that reset button. And this time we'll get it right in this kind of glorified state. Uh, did you ever read Paralandra by C.S. Lewis? Negative ghostwriter. He goes to Venus and finds uh, basically the Adam and Eve of Venus. <laughs> okay. And, like, they're being tempted. That's the phase he shows up in. And they, hate to spoil the end, but you're all like 100 years behind. They, <laughs> they, uh, they don't give in a temptation and they're like instantly enters into this like glorified state, if you will. So uh-huh. C.S. Lewis was kind of picturing like, what our resurrection is like later is exactly what they just kind of skipped right to because they got it right the first time. So yeah, it's fiction of course, but so, I mean, you've been listening for a few weeks, right? With me here. Uh, you (laughs) mentioned earlier that like Christ comes down and then makes the earth anew, right? Yep. What's the point? Yeah. So, well, that's what we've been talking. I've at least kept saying that to the point that I probably sound like a broken record. But like, this is a this is a huge problem with the Christian conception of like the earth doesn't matter. It's all going to burn up. It's all going away. Who cares? Exactly. The biblical understanding is, first off, you were put here to take care of this place. Yep. Angels have a different territory where they're, you know, a different domain that they have stuff to do. But you as a human being were given the earth and God's like, you know, basically like he could take care of it. We already know that. Instead, he made you and told you to do it. So the idea of just like, well, it's all going to burn up and go away. Who cares? That's not resurrection. Resurrection is There is a fullness of life coming in which the whole world will be redeemed. And this is why you see Paul talking about, like, creation is groaning for the awakening of of the fullness. You know, like, one day when Christians are made real, Paul sees that, like, all of creation, in a sense, is going to be made real and, and reignited. And it will have its own kind of place in, in this resurrection life. So... Like, the idea of it all just going away, like, scholars land on different spots for that. Like, some are like, 
they think that the good stuff we're doing right now, like that's installing the kingdom of heaven right now, and that carries over when heaven comes in its fullness, you know? Right. Others would say, nah, they thought the whole thing was just going to blow up and God would start <laughs> over. I, I don't really feel convinced totally that way, but you do. Yeah, I don't Jesus feel like God thing. would give us dominion over in a whole planet and then go like, all right, but here's everything you did wrong, and then just scraps it from the beginning and then starts over. Cause like, what was the point of our entire existence? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. And I, I think that's a powerful statement is essentially like what's still wrong. Well, it has to be renewed. It has to be made different because it is corrupt. Like that was part of the curse in Genesis right. is like, Hey, there's thorns in yeah. the world that, wasn't a part of god's original plan so like also, even down like, to like i'm here i'm corrupt yeah. mm-hmm. i need to be made new like yeah. what why why am i not allowed why can you not why can't we extend that past ourselves like we need to extend that mm. past ourselves if it's true for me and it's true for you then it's true for everything yeah and i think that's part of the beautiful part of it is like and c.s lewis talks at one point about like nature being our mother and i'm paraphrasing probably horribly but he's essentially like one day we'll see her new and we'll recognize both our mother and playfellow, but it will be different at the same time and and that's like this beautiful light of what's ahead of us it's not the un uh I mean, there's uncreation before new creation. Things do fall apart because it is corrupt to its, like, down to some of the finest details and has Mm -hmm. to be made new. But I don't think the biblical understanding is, like, it's it's all just blown up and we start over. I think it's almost like the working with what we already have. And I think one of my... Oh, I've got the longest quote ever. You're going to hate it, but, or you might love it. I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh, we've been reading a long thing, so I think I can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. Technical difficulties before we start this. Well, Meredith G. Klein has a book called uh, God, Heaven and Harmageddon. And like, he's a, he's a biblical scholar who's willing to be pretty, out there sometimes in his imagination but like he's thinking he thinks of isaiah you know in isaiah uh, it's a more popular passage uh, where it's like the the wolf will dwell with the lamb the leopard lie down with the goat the calf and the lion mm-hmm. like it's all these creatures that shouldn't be together just hanging out with one another um scholars will often say like this is a picture of like when God makes all things new and right again, like, and you even see that, um, humanity wasn't granted the, um, humanity wasn't even supposed to be eating animals until after Noah's flood, right. at which point, like God was basically like, I'm going to just grant that you can continue to do that, even though that wasn't a part of the plan. Uh, but, like, so this this is a picture, like, of what the Earth would be like when it gets back to the way that it's supposed to be. Same thing with Daniel. Daniel, in many ways, is pictured as a guy who 
who really tried to get everything right and was like close to being the perfect human but didn't do it like yeah. Daniel vegetarian and he told King Nebuchadnezzar like we're just going to eat vegetables and look at what we look like at the end of of this we'll look healthier than the rest of of them and like the point the bible's trying to paint is like Daniel's trying to be the perfect human being that mm-hmm. has yet to be seen of course he fails but Jesus ultimately Which is does. why you promised to give up bacon so uh yeah <laughs> Tell the, the two packs that i bought yesterday um so <laughs> look god said i could he may not have been happy about it but he said i could okay so i this this is meredith g klein just imagining what if what if like the lion lying down with the lamb yes of course that could just be metaphorical we all understand like peace is finally here he's like what if that is like more of a literal picture of resurrection life? So I'm going to read this. I think you'll like mm-hmm. it, but because he gets into the environment a lot and he says, um, where should I start? <clears throat> a more likely option then is the hypothesis that a radical cosmic convolution, sorry, convulsion will occur at the end of this world age, followed by, at once by a restructuring that yields a cosmos, which is a stabilized optimal spatial environment for glorified humanity. Such a consummated world might differ markedly from the pre consummation world. It it might not have a planetary focus for the citizens of heaven with a stellar system with a galactic distribution pattern, akin of that of the present universe. It's earth might be a kind of glory suffused cosmic orb beyond our imagining. On the other hand, the stabilized new earth produced by the recreation might more or less resemble the old earth by way of assessing whether the continuity or discontinuity possibility deserves a preference. All we shall attempt to do here is to reflect briefly on certain biblical data that have been seen as relevant to the question. Sorry, his words are a little more intense than my usual. <laughs> On a more literal interpretation interpretation of the prophecies of the coming kingdom in Isaiah 11, which was this, you know, lion and the lamb lying down together, if you will. They right. would indicate that the future world will contain fauna and flora recognizi- recognizably like varieties found on the present earth. Even if some remarkable changes like carnivores turned herbivorous. If the morphology of subhuman life would be similar to that of this world, a corresponding continuity would presumably obtain in the meteorological sphere, the general physics and cosmic framework of the new earth. An incidental problem for this or any other view that posits a continuation of present plants and animals in the future world is how they manage to survive the cataclysmic ending of this age. One possibility would be to postulate some antypical functional equivalent of Noah's Ark in which all animals and vegetation were preserved through the diluvian prototypical ending of the world. In other words, maybe a new Noah's Ark of sorts (laughs) might save what's here. But then he says another possible solution would be to assume restoration by recreation. An interesting related question would concern the particular species that would be perpetuated. Just those that remained on the scene at the end of the world or all that ever existed, including the non-human hominids. What's a hominid, Aaron? A hominid? How did you spell that? 
H O M I N I D S. They're apes. Apes? Okay. So yeah. like I thought you said like Hanuman, like the word homonym or something. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Hominids. So, yeah, that's that's the great apes, primates. Okay. So then he's like, maybe everything that ever existed along the chain of evolution, if you will, like yep. suddenly there in the new creation. Uh or then he says, or maybe some selection according to the creator's wisdom. Uh Let's see. I'm already reading forever, and he's kind of <laughs> dead. Whatever it is, the it is very verbose. About. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not a very uh, easy sentence by sentence book. Uh, whatever the meaning of Isaiah's prophecies, there are considerations that favor the prospect of a new Earth with fauna and flora of some sort. Although an Earth with an ecology like the present Earth would be would not be a biological necessity for those inspired by the heavenly spirit of life. It would not be an incongruous life setting for a glorified man. Human procreation would no longer figure in the biological ecological order, but glory dimension beings could function within it in other ways. If we may judge from the analogous situations of earthly visitations of angels and the activities of Jesus in his resurrection appearances. Again, he did weird things after he was resurrected. Weirder than all the other stuff he had done before. You know, just walking through doors. Right. Uh, you can't recognize him sometimes. And then suddenly he's like, hey, it's me. And they're like, I was just with you for like an hour. I didn't even notice. You know, like those things are not normal human things. Right. <laughs> uh, anyways, I think you probably get the picture, but. Yeah. I don't know the what he paints in my mind. Did you ever see that movie Annihilation? No, what's that? Uh it's with uh Padme. <laughs> I mean <laughs> We're nerds. You uh, know I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh What's your face, Padme? I'm so I'm so mad right now because thanks <laughs> to you I have forgotten her actual name. Padme actress. Thank you. Good lord. Natalie Portman. That's it. I was like, I know her name. It starts with an N and her last name starts with a P. Uh, well, just to be clear, I'm not saying resurrection is like aliens, but what I am saying is in that movie, like there's this weird like thing taking over the earth and as it takes it over creatures kind of morph into other creatures right and, and some of them are super disturbing but there's like some scenes where there's like these deer who just have like the most majestic glorified look to them and i'm like like what if you know in the resurrection like right. we got this kind of glorified appearance what if there's other creatures there too? oh like the like the forest spirit in uh, princess mononoke See, I say one movie you haven't seen. You say a movie I haven't seen. Sure. <laughs> okay, never mind. But like, you know, what if yeah. that's what if that's like the new heaven and the new earth? A lot of people think that's like it's all just done away with. You know, dogs, cats aren't in heaven, things like that. But like, what if in the new creation when God makes things new, like there's more than just humans? I mean, yeah. Did he mess up the first time when he made other stuff? <laughs> you know, like, I would say no. So, like, what if the new Earth, you know, is just like a recreation in a a, a new way? I, I don't know. I just, 
for me, heaven is kind of uncomprehendable. There's that song I can only imagine, and the whole thing is just like, what's it going to be like? I don't know. You know? <laughs> like the ultimate ending. And that's kind of how I feel sometimes. Like, I'm going to die and go to heaven. <laughs> Whatever that exactly entails or is like, you know? But, like, yeah. I don't know. Knowing resurrection is a thing makes me so happy because i'm like i i recognize that i understand that yeah even if the earth is completely different i'll know it to some extent and enjoy that and want to be in that like i'm not super thrilled about the idea of like one day i leave earth and i'll never see it again i like it here (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely like the that was the thing i was just thinking about where where like if we're coming back like can you imagine can you just imagine like you're one of your ancestors from like yeah. i don't know 1300 coming back and then just seeing this mess that we've left <laughs> just being like you are guys you done screwed this up <laughs> kidding me right now well like so you know the um the shakespeare play macbeth and yeah. there's this i know boy. the jimmy neutron version of it just to be clear Okay, well, there's this a forest called the Burnham Wood, and uh, Dunk the Lord Duncan's uh, his army like pretends to be Burnham Wood, and Burnham Wood is an actual place in Scotland. Like I've been, I've been there, and I got to see like one of the oak trees that's said to be part of the like the original Burnham Wood, but it's only like a couple of trees now. There's not really any ancient forests there anymore. And that's wild. So can you imagine Shakespeare coming back and being like, oh, this was this is not what I left here. Like, what did you people do? Like, it's probably say you burned them wood. Oh, boo. Boo forever on that joke. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Go go on. Right. But like like that, that should that alone should be like. Oh, it's not just Jesus coming back. It's everyone. It's everyone always, forever. And you're going to have them come here and see what we've done and we haven't taken care of it. Like, I would be sad and ashamed and embarrassed. Well, at least the good news is it all gets fixed, you know. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> it Maybe there will be even a glorified version of Burnham Woods by then. I, I, I don't know. But I don't know. This is just. There's something I I didn't think understanding resurrection better would change my life or anything, but it really has. Like we yeah. had someone we had someone die, uh, an acquaintance this year. And in the past I would have like processed that more of like a don't know what's on the other side. I got no words to tell anyone. Right. I, I don't even I guess I'll see them when I get to heaven if I even know who they are anymore, you know? And, like, instead, it's like, that sucks. They passed. Fortunately, we'll all come back and we'll be able to do round two, you know? And, like, <laughs> it'll all be... Like, I know that sounds weird, but it's a different state of mind. And It, it really it's, is. It's, it's like... A, it's like when we... early church at. It's like when we were talking about Easter earlier and... Um, like we all, we all kind of, I just feels like you glaze over the resurrection story always. Like it's, 
even when you go to sunrise service, it's just like, oh, and Jesus is alive, but he died for our sins. And it's like, cool. And that's great. And also very important to our religion, but also he's alive now. And why are we all sad? And why aren't we having like the biggest party ever forever? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the early church had to get that. Cause like they were putting their lives on the line, you know, yeah. they were giving up earth early I don't think just because they're like, I'll just go be in heaven, but because they know, like, if I lose this now, I'll be back, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, like, it, it's going to be okay. Like, it, I, it's I, not, I, there's not a finality to it. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, I know it's a weird intersection of science and spiritual, but, like, for me, both are true. So, like, I expect this new existence you know if if it is like jesus where he can walk through walls but also eat a fish like that's <laughs> that's a kind of science i don't get yet or maybe it's both but whatever that is and will will it be the case that like just like he crossed over to heaven was that something he did because he was god or was that something that the resurrection body can do right because it's a new heaven and new earth so Maybe I mean, like yeah. even at that point, it's like, all right, guys, I got to take off. I'll be right back. You know, it's just like we could be Star Trek in it all over the place. We could. Point. Who knows? I don't know. In yeah. the Star Trek universe, they had some sort of Mad Max type thing happen. And then they became the Star Trek universe after that. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, this is Captain Picard is a reality. Well, good. <laughs> My wife needs to hear that right now. She tries to finish that series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. The environment is not done away with. It's not unimportant. It is central to the story. It was the hope of the people of the Old Testament that maybe we would awaken back to life, but who knows? And it was the assurance of the New Testament that that would happen. And First Corinthians 15 is like the biggest thing about these new human bodies. Paul's like, your body right now is just like a kernel of a seed of what's to come. Like right. it's going to be buried in the ground and then it's going to grow back into resurrection life eventually. And that new body is imperishable. It's uh, basically immortal, you know, like it's just this, it, it speaks volumes to plenty of other stories in the Bible. Psalm 82, God tells, all the fallen spiritual beings, like you're all immortal, but you're all gonna die like men. Like that's not what spiritual beings are supposed to do. Right. But then he tells Christians, you're all dying like men and women, but one day you're gonna be immortal. You know, like you're the replacement plan of the fallen spiritual beings. Yeah. I'll do away with corruption, whether it's spiritual or physical, and one day reset button eden's back things are perfect the whole world is is fixed and yeah well there's probably still be stuff to do <laughs> gosh yeah i mean we're not just gonna be sitting in a blank void and hang out with each other yeah um the just the bible from start to finish and like obviously from the example today is just constantly connecting itself with ecosystems and nature and creation like literally what we would think of when someone says creation garden of eden like 
man-made structures are like square and devoid of life mostly because we can't create it and it's just mind-blowing that people can like see this common thread throughout the bible and still ignore that it's there and even when it comes to like the resurrection or our resurrection or the end times there's still like a theme like the earth is important animals and creatures and plants they're all important yeah from beginning to end quite yeah. literally yeah front 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 cover to cover yeah there's never this point where the idea being communicated in the bible is like one day we all die and go to heaven and that's the end of the story mm-hmm. uh, the the fullness of it is if we die now we will go to heaven but if we don't and jesus comes back will enter the resurrection with them as they return and everything wrong be done away with and everything right will be fixed. The earth that's been groaning for that moment will finally be happy that it's come and uh, everything will be made new. And yeah, I don't think we're going to recognize that very well. Jesus was clear to the Sadducees like, they're like, this woman was married to seven people before she died. So which one's her husband in this resurrection life of yours? And Jesus was like, you don't understand what resurrection is life. Like, there's no need for procreation, so there's no marriage. Uh, and his point wasn't like, you won't know your spouse in heaven now or anything like that. Because right. the rest of the Bible paints this, Paul paints this picture of like, can't wait to see you all again. If I die, we'll catch up. You know, like <laughs> the, the point of the resurrection is like, it'll be a merry meeting when we can all finally get back together again. Right. Uh, so it obviously you will know your spouse uh, or, or whatever. But at the same time, at that point, everything that marriage represents right now uh, and it's romance and it's commitment and it's covenant to each other. That's found. That's like a teaser of the fullness that we'll find in our marriage as a church with God. Right. With Jesus, you know, so like we get a teaser right now. Likewise, the Sabbath. Oh, that's a whole nother thing. We <laughs> Hey, no, this is an environmental podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Sabbath like the Sabbath is supposed to be a teaser every single week. Like the fullness of rest is eventually coming mm-hmm. and pause right now to remember that. Cause God, like, you know, he made the world in seven days and then he didn't just like rest forever. He's coming to finish the job more or less. Maybe I'm exaggerating there, but like the idea is like he is going to create again. You know, eventually there is an eighth day <laughs> in which everything is recreated, made new, and and made perfect. So every week, pause, stop, rest, and recognize that there's a fullness of rest coming. And right. I don't know if that means like there won't be anything to do kind of rest. Because I think a lot of people find joy in doing stuff, and God made us that way. But there will be a restful kind of work ahead of us, you know? Like, it's imagine like, the uh, joys. It's Re- like right oh, uh, college, for those of us who went to college, talking to someone about it. And it's like, as if you have le- no responsibilities, almost. Yeah. Because the things that you do in that, like, environment, quote-unquote, when you're in, like, your undergrad, are just, it's just you're just living your life. Mm-hmm. 
Like, you're just kind of doing whatever you want, and it's basically, yeah. it's, for the most part, consequence-free, and you're just, like, like, people just do things like set up a table in an elevator and play cards or, you know, like, n- harmless things that are just quirky and fun. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, like, you know, you got stuff like that ahead of that, of us. Like, I would think in the new creation i love writing music i love writing books that's work but it's restful for me like right now i've met god just imagine the books i'm gonna write (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so much better than i thought guys check this out you know like uh same with music oh now i finally see him check out these lyrics (laughs) (laughs) like i think there'll be uh a resemblance of what we know now, but in the fullness of everything it should have been in the first place. So, right. Anyways, for anyone who's just heard the message that Christianity is about dying and going to a place that we don't understand and we'll never understand until we're there. That's not the story of the Bible. That's an intermediate phase along the way of the fullness of the Bible. And the good news about Easter is connected, yes, to your air environment that we get to come back. And if you like the earth now and you wish you didn't have to go away from it, then follow the guy who's putting it all back together, who made it, who likes it, who wants to recreate it, and wants you to be a part of it. So there's there's my Easter resurrection pitch right there. Uh, any other thoughts you have or questions of something strange I said? Uh, no, I feel like I was interjecting a lot, so it's okay. You interjected just fine. Oh, perfect. Never felt like you hijacked me enough, though. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just bad at it. I'm more just, like, aware that I'm like, oh, I'm really listening. It's been a while since I've said stuff. (laughs) Oh, yes. Fair enough. No, it was uh, it was a really good um, take, not take. It was really informative and interesting, and I really liked, uh, you know, like our religion is the environment, and it is becomes more clear every week that we do this. Perfect. Cool. Well, then uh, I think that brings us to the end of the air environment. Uh, We were going to try to stream this live on Facebook, but due to audio issues, we're unable to. So we premiered it instead. If you have questions, though, comment below. Me and Aaron will keep an eye on it, add in thoughts. And you can catch up with this on the 1208 podcast at 1208greenwood.com or on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, or... Uh, you can follow explicitly the air environment on Twitter as well as SoundCloud. Yeah. If we still have space. <laughs> or uh, if you're commenting, you have any questions or things you'd like us to talk about, by all means. Yep. No problem. Now, there's several other episodes before this. Um, so make sure that you rewind and check those out as well. Yeah, last last uh, episode was really good. It was very informative and in ways to help the environment. So take a look, a listen, as it were. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone stay healthy and quarantined. Don't lose your minds. That's right. That's why we made podcasts.
<laughs> for you to lose your minds with the air environment. That's our new slogan. Lose your minds with the air environment. <laughs> we try to des- design a new one every week. Good so. for us. <laughs> that and don't eat mangoes or kumquats or whatever they were. Kumquats. Yeah, those. Gross. No. Don't. Do not do it. Mm-hmm.